What is up, people? You are listening to New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Good to be back on the show with the guys. And, oh, do we have plenty to talk about on today's episode. We will be talking about some potential new shows that Marvel may be developing over there for Disney+. Plus and a different approach that we'll be seeing from Marvel when it comes to their Disney+. Plus properties but we'll also have some interesting comments uh, made by uh, the marvel's director naya DaCosta, and what she apparently was not able to do in this movie i know there's a little bit of an early disagreement on whether or not uh kevin feige should have let the reins off so i'm very curious to have that conversation and bob Iger was speaking about kind of the future of disney as a whole some of these comments i think are being interpreted to be uh maybe some I don't know, shots are the word, but at least some indication of maybe how he wants to view where Marvel will be going moving forward regarding uh, some of their storytelling ideas. So a lot happening here on the show. Plenty to talk about. Joining me are my co-hosts, beginning with Shamari Stewart. Sham, I got to give a shout out to Sham. We, this is our first episode recording on a whole different platform. Shout out to Riverside. This is our first Riverside recording. I know maybe it might, it might not be much too. Uh, the people listening, but it means so much to us in terms of how we've been doing this. We've been doing a little bit janky style on Skype, so thank you, Shamar, for uh, introducing the platform, and and, and good to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Happy to be on the show, as always, uh, you know, uh, talking talking superhero news, as always. Um, And, uh, yeah, definitely had to transition to Riverside. uh, You know, we've actually been using Riverside for Imperial for uh, many months now, and it's been it's been uh, very good. Um, so shout out to Riverside for hosting, you know, a good a good platform to to record, uh, you know, podcasts and and various different things. So it's really awesome. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, really excited about uh, doing this. And Shamari's been holding it down, doing uh, Imperial for a while. Shout out to these guys as well, Shamari and Kendall Stewart, who joins me as well for holding down the fort on uh, the last Hero Talk episode, reviewing the Marvels. Definitely interested to get in some, some two cents on that. Kendall joined us as well. Kendall, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. Uh, you know, like you said, we're going to talk a little bit about the Marvels. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective on it, EJ. Uh, glad glad to be back. Glad to, glad for EJ to be back. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we've heard some more stuff coming out of that movie, and uh it's interesting but yeah i'm always excited to talk about the future of the uh the mcu yeah yeah i mean it's pretty much what what we're all waiting for at this point in terms of we're kind of past i guess where we are in this phase i think everybody's kind of ready to see okay what's coming next and um the future we don't know if it's bright i wish i could say that it's bright but i think there is some question marks about whether or not that is indeed the case and I think that leads us very much into, I think, was a, a very interesting topic to start off the show here. And it comes from uh, Daniel RPK, who had an interesting um, kind of tweet posting, kind of talking about uh, the future of what Marvel plans to be doing with their television series. So what we've been seeing so far is essentially Marvel's been doing these shows where you're doing kind of a, a spotlight on mostly one character, maybe two characters. And they're usually kind of one-offs. So we've seen that with WandaVision. We've seen that with Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've seen that with Secret Invasion. We've seen that so far with She-Hulk. There's been no word about whether that would be a season two or anything like that. That may be changing very soon. We know uh, the reporting we had earlier this year, uh, maybe last month, I believe, that they were going to be moving away from the 
executive producer, no showrunner deal, and uh, and how they approached uh, these television series, kind of approaching them more as movies than rather than television series. That is apparently going to the wayside, as we know. They're not going to be hiring showrunners now for these shows. And uh, Daniel RBK expanded on that, saying that uh, we could be getting now kind of new style shows that would be uh, aimed to have multiple seasons. So uh, some of the characters uh, he noted were The Punisher, Ghost Rider, Alpha Flight, The Runaways, Jessica Jones, and uh, select members of the X-Men. Now, he also mentioned that uh, several uh, shows like uh, Echo will now have a, a new Marvel Spotlight banner that I would expect it to come along with those series to kind of indicate uh, those series having a specific thing. But the Marvel kind of presentation, special presentations uh, thing is uh, was something that was talked about earlier this week. Apparently, they could be going uh, away from that, which was uh, going to be the, the process of, of doing these kind of one-off shows uh, that were supposed to be shows and turn them as movies. That apparently... Uh, won't be happening so um there will be no more things like werewolf by night or the guardians of the galaxy holiday uh special which are both apparently according to rpk underperformed so i toss this to sham first um on the aspect of these particular characters we're talking about um you're excited not excited how do you feel about doing these shows uh, with the likes of the Punisher, Ghost Rider, Alpha Flight, the Runaway, Jessica Jones, and maybe some X Men members. Um, I mean, that I think is is um, uh, a good thing, I, I, or I think it's good in concept. Um, I mean, in practice, I mean, I mean, I hate to kind of be the Marvel basher now on the show, but at this point, I'm kind of like we have to see <laughs> what this stuff looks like in execution. Uh, before I decide whether or not I'm on the bandwagon, so to speak, when it comes to Marvel stuff, but um, but in concept, I think this is a good idea. I mean, I I I was never the biggest fan of whether it be one-off specials or um, these very short, uh, you know, seasons. Of course, you guys know we we're used to watching things like Agents of Shield, yeah, Daredevil, yeah. etc. That were multiple seasons. We would hope and expect that the seasons would be renewed and. Um, with these Disney Plus uh, shows, that was just that just wasn't going to happen. We just knew that wasn't going to happen. That wasn't in there wasn't in the uh, part of the plan, quote unquote. Um, you know, Kevin Feige's master plan of what he wanted. So it was just never going to happen. Um, so that was just always very unfortunate. Or if we were to get any kind of sequel, it was probably going to be some kind of movie. Um, so I like this uh, better than that. Um, now I do want this stuff to be, you know, canon and, and relevant, you know, so I don't want these shows to just be stuff that we never, ever see connect to any of the movie stuff. Like it's just its own universe almost, or if it's, you know, you'll have like, you know, meaningless allusions to the greater universe, but nothing meaningful. I hope there's still some kind of connective tissue, like meaningful connective tissue, um, you know, between these shows and the movies. Um, but in, in concept, I think this is a good idea. I think this is good. I would like to see it. And I think, I think, uh, you know, I think this is a, a sign of, of, of something positive uh, for Marvel, possibly. And Shmari, one of the things that we've heard is, it was Shmari basically just mentioned, is that there, there's been, some shows that have connected fairly well to the movies. I think uh, Loki, 
uh, potentially, you know, being in that in that ballpark. Um, definitely, obviously, what we saw with uh, from Loki, and then going into uh, the stuff we saw with Kang. Um, obviously, WandaVision, the connection to Doctor Strange, but these other shows, there has been essentially none. Now, obviously, there's been a kind of a time situation, <laughs> not too different than the blip for us, where we had you know the COVID situation, where maybe it's delayed some movies that we would have seen earlier, but like we haven't gotten payoffs from the likes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, or from the likes of uh, She Hulk, or the likes of Secret Invasion. Obviously, that just came out earlier this year. Do you think? That that is um, contingent in the in this new presentation working because for me I look at these names and I get way more excited than hearing about uh, Agatha you know House of Harkness or whatever they were gonna do you know like I see you know Ghost Rider and I see it's like members of the X Men and the Punisher and I'm like well, well sign me right up fam like that's all I need like this. Do they have to have this thing connected to the to the TV to the movies in a better way, or do you just simply think uh, a more uh, serialized you know, presentation of these shows is enough to get over the hump? So, I think those are almost. I, I feel like there are two different ways to view these things. Um, on the on the one hand, if we're talking just about the idea of making these series more multi-season as opposed to one-off, you know, one-shot, you know, type of series like we've gotten from, you know, WandaVision, for example. There was no plans yeah. for a season two. It was just a tie-in prequel to Doctor Strange, essentially. And, you know, Loki, we got two seasons and they, that was it. That was a plan. It was just do, do two seasons and it was going to wrap up nicely in a bow, and that'll be it. And I feel like while I think the success of the Disney Plus series have not been a, has not been an issue, I think that they've mostly worked. Whether or not we think that they've been great or they've been spectacular, or if they've just been okay, uh, I don't think that they've been the bane of Marvel's existence. Um, Secret Invasion, uh, notwithstanding, but the the issue is the way they've done a lot of these series, especially some of the better ones they've done, like Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision and Loki, is they've done these series with without this long-term thing in mind. And I don't think that it it's helps your overall portfolio when you're making these series and they, you know, they run for a month or two months or three months and then they're, it's done and then that's it. You know, as opposed to um, a lot of the other series that you'll see on television or, you know, other streaming shows that like a show like the boys, uh, where, you know, they can run for three, four five seasons, however many they want to go, uh, just because the characters are engaging, you know? And I think that that is the, the model that Marvel should look closer to, because when you make, when you have a hit, you don't want to, you can't. You really don't want to say, "Well, you know, that that was it. We don't really have another story in mind." Right. You don't. You don't want to force it if that's not the case. But you want to make these shows with the idea that there's multiple seasons down the line potentially, and you can always pivot if it if it's not working. But uh, in that respect, I think that that's that that that's great. Um, on the Marvel Spotlight part of it, I you know, I'm not as big a fan of the idea that these you know that they're sort of de-emphasizing the connection the connective 
the connectivity part of it. Um, you know, I, I think these shows, you know, I think what made Marvel Studios unique and what made it uh, so popular for the last 15 years is the fact that these all these projects and movies and, and the now series have connected uh, so closely. And, you know, Echo's coming out and they've already said that's a Marvel spotlight. And they've kind of essentially said the Marvel spotlight. They haven't said they're not canon, but they've sort of said you don't really need to have seen anything else to enjoy it. And which I'm not as I'm not uh, bothered by that part of it, but which it's more half, by the way, right? Like, this, like you have to have seen Hawkeye to fully. Enjoy yeah, it. that that yeah yeah. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. They may get into all the origin stuff, and you know, yeah. It, but but yeah, you won't fully fully appreciate it or know the context. Um, let alone, like, have you seen Daredevil, right? Like, who's this Kingpin guy? Right, but, right, yeah. Um, but, you know, say, oh, you don't have to have seen anything, and, you know, it's not going to really impact the next movies you watch or anything like that. Like, Moon Knight. Was Moon Knight a Marvel Spotlight series? Like, they didn't have to say Moon Knight doesn't connect to anything, but you don't have to have seen anything in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we haven't seen anything involving Moon Knight or expecting to show up in anything anytime soon. So I'm like, I, I you know, it, to me, it just makes these things feel like they're not canon when you come out and say that or they feel like they're not important when you say that. So I, I, I wouldn't necessarily put these labels on it, um, you know, or if you do it, do it in a different way. Like if you want to say the Marvel spotlight is, you know, a banner where we're able to tell stories that are a little darker, a little more mature, maybe feel a little different than the average MCU movie. That's that's fine. But when you're just doing it, using it to say, uh, yeah, these are kind of off the beaten path, don't really connect to anything, don't really, don't worry about it. It makes it sound like what they thought Aiden to Shield was and what they thought Jessica Jones was and, and, and Daredevil and all those shows that we got on Netflix and on ABC and Hulu and, and this and that, um, that they kind of treated like the redhead, redheaded stepchild of the Marvel universe. And... I thought we were done with that. I thought everything was going to be connected again and everything would be under one umbrella. And now it feels like they're trying to create that again. And maybe they want that again. Maybe that was good. Maybe it worked. A lot of those shows I enjoyed. Uh, but one of the things we didn't enjoy about those shows, at least I didn't enjoy about those shows, was that they didn't feel as connected as they probably should have been. Besides the whole, uh, you know, the, the, the occasional Battle of New York reference or the occasional, you know, guy with the hammer reference. <laughs> you know, we didn't really yeah. feel like those shows were actually in the MCU. Well, I think, I think one way this may be different though, and, and it was the big issue we had uh, beyond the, the, the lack of connectivity. I think the biggest issue was the notion that these characters could not still show up in these movies. Like you have a Daredevil, you have a Luke Cage, you have a uh, Iron Fist. We didn't love Iron Fist, but having that character available to you for a movie like, avengers endgame or infinity war or whatever like i i think that this may be slightly different because like you know maybe i sound crazy but i don't think i'll sound crazy though i think maybe you got to get well in the next five minutes but like you know you're telling me okay they're gonna be select members of the x-men to have a tv show like i assume we're gonna see them in the next men movie like this is not gonna be okay, 100%. This, this character here we're not like okay they're in this TV show that was only vaguely referenced very slightly things that happened in the Marvel Universe and then that will be it and now will be the only connection you have now you're just totally in this little sandbox like I think like if you're doing an Alpha Flight show I, I don't know how you don't <laughs> have some kind of tie to like 
by the way, you know, the mutants all across the border are doing X, Y, and Z. Um, like that, so that, so I think that that might be one of the main differences. Is there anyone, and this is the only thing I think I looked at this while I am excited about the prospects of some of these characters. Do I, I almost feel like wonder if there's a little too much rehashing of people we've already seen, like to do, uh, the Punisher, the Runaways and Jessica Jones. I mean, those were two, those were three TV shows we already had, by the way, three that had varying levels of success. Some were great throughout. Some had one really great season. Some had two great seasons, whatever. They both had their levels of success. We know that it will be Burnthal as Punisher. We kind of assume it will be Ritter as, uh, as, as Jessica Jones, but, but we don't know that yet. That's much more of an assumption than the, obviously the, um, the situation with, with Burnthal. But like, I mean, the Runaways was a successful show. Like, there's a part of me that's just like, I, we have these characters already. You kind of already done shows with them, not Disney, but Marvel as a whole has. I'd almost be more interested, honestly, in Ghost Rider and the X Men, um, and then maybe someone else they'd have up, up, you know, Alpha Flight. Like, that's very random. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, that's something we haven't seen in a movie or a TV show. Uh, Sham, do you feel a little bit of concern about the rehashing? of characters that we've already seen get treatment on television series before that have been successful. Uh, uh, not totally. I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, a little bit, but as long as they're doing new stuff too, my thing is, um, I guess my concerns would be, I'd say I'm more concerned with them being lesser versions of the other stuff we got. I'm not as concerned with them just doing it again. I mean, my hope would be that if they do it again, and maybe it's a hope in vain, because I don't know if we've heard anything that that would lead us to believe that they're doing this, but my hope would be that they would do it again, as and try to be as good, if not better, than what was what we already got, but then also infuse more, more of an MCU connection that we would have liked in the other show, but that we didn't get. Um, you know, that I think is, 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 I think that's like the pitch to, to, to even do these shows again. Uh-huh. And if they're not doing that, then I think they're, they're kind of doing themselves and kind of everyone else a disservice um, in, in, um, in, in just, like you said, kind of just rehashing these things. Um, so yeah, that's my hope is that, is that it's, it's that the quality meets, um, it kind of meets the expectation. The expectations aren't, aren't, um, you know, I'm not expecting this to be, you know, to like win Emmys and stuff like that, but just that it's like, it's good. It's good TV, you know? So hopefully, um, you know, that, that's more of my concern is the quality of it. And then adding more MCU stuff in them. Now, I think I know put you on the spot a little bit here, but I mean, I think the big takeaway to me still is going to be those it's like X Men members getting TV shows. I, I'm gonna put both of you guys on the spot. I start with Kendall. I want three X Men characters, the three X Men characters you most want to see get their own series, TV series. So it's like funny. Like, I, I mean, I was talking to my brother. The spot on this, by the way. I feel like you, you like. Probably have I think about it every day. You're right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Kendall talking about the X Men, like thinking about what they should do for the X Men. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
for me, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that I've, I've, I've thought about like the idea of, cause I think this is the best way to do the X-Men, you know, I think introducing them or certain characters, um, on, on for series is a, is, is exactly how you should introduce a lot of these characters. And honestly, you could do every character if you really put me on the spot, but the three that I would focus on or that I think that are best suited for it. Um, and I'll throw Wolverine out of the mix. I, I you know, Wolverine's great. You know, that would be awesome, but I don't know if that's probably not going to happen. So I'll tell you the same besides Wolverine. Uh, obviously, I think Storm would be great. You know, I think you definitely do a great Storm Disney Plus series. Uh, Shadow King as a villain. You know, I don't know if they're putting Charles Xavier in there, but, you know, if you want to, that would be awesome. And just tell the tell her origin story or maybe even a maybe even it's it's the storm we have now but maybe she's going back maybe it's flashbacks i don't know there's a lot of interesting ways you can do that um two i would say uh gambit maybe gambit maybe gambit and rogue if you want i think that could be great but i think gambit is definitely a character that fox obviously ignored ej you would you certainly attest to that and he has a very interesting lore and a and a and a sort of you know universe in and of itself down in Louisiana that could be very interesting to explore and a backstory and you know I'm, I, I told Shamari today I mean imagine you know final episode we get the the, the Gambit costume you know in full in its full uh, you know essence and people lose their minds and again all these characters get tied into a movie but uh, three ah man the third one. Again, I mentioned Wolverine. You could definitely do Wolverine, but um, I'll throw uh, maybe 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 the Hellfire Club. You know, the Hellfire Ooh, Club could be okay. really good uh, if you're doing a villain. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you could be definitely almost, that could do be almost your kind of Game of Thrones. Kind yeah. Of well, you know what? Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you finish the game. Game. Oh, of yeah, Thrones no, I think enough. I think you kind of be. A little bit of a Game of Thrones feel where it's kind of like these very powerful people kind of jockeying for a position within this, you know, society. Uh, yeah. I, that could be extremely like compelling. Like Game of Thrones meets, uh, what's the... Like, uh, succession, you know, or something like that. Yeah, Succession, or, or I was thinking, um, I haven't even seen these movies, but it kind of gives me a vibe of uh, some movies with Daniel Craig, um, Ryan Johnson, The Glass Onion, and uh, oh, uh, House, of, House of Knives or whatever. Yeah, House of Knives out. Knives out. Knives that's out. Better, yeah, yeah, that's a better one than even yeah than Succession. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Hellfire Club be, could be cool. But the remember, I I was at Comic Con and I said I told you guys I was like there I I have an idea for who the villain of the first X Men movie should be. And I said I was going to tell you guys on the show so that you guys could react to it. But uh, they also be a good character to do at, for a series. Um, the people that I would do as the first villain of the X Men movie that we get in the, in the MCU 10 years from now is the Morlocks. The Morlocks is villains. I'd, I'd make the Morlocks the villains of the first X-Men movie. And <laughs> we have not, uh, we have not seen the Morlocks yet uh, in live action. That is true. Um, well, no, it's and, not true. Actually, we got them in the gift. Yeah. Did we? I've totally yes. forgot about that. Yes, they uh, did, did, didn't we get like kind of a like a food stamp version in, in, in Apocalypse as well? I mean, I feel we got a food. The Brotherhood is basically the Morlocks in the yeah. whole Fox X Men yeah. universe. 
Um, right. X Men Last Stand had a food stamp version of more life. I didn't even try to go Last Stand. Yeah. I, <laughs> the more we pull this market, I think we have definitely seen the Morlocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we've seen some Morlocks. Like, they, they, they did the Morlocks. Like, what, 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 what about X-Men Apocalypse? What about uh, X-Men uh, you know, Last Stand, you know? But, but, like, but a real version that interacts with the actual X-Men, I think, could be good because, I mean, look, I've already told you guys, like, my version of the X-Men would have, uh, would be, like, it would be about the fact that there are certain mutants that, like, have been living... Certain mutants that that have powers that can that they can live and kind of be in secret, and certain 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 mutants they can't, you know. And those would be, those would be the warlocks, obviously. But um, you know, but I I do it where you know you've got the Brotherhood, you know, and Magneto on one half, and you'd have obviously Professor X and the X Men on the on on another side. But I don't I wouldn't make the Magneto the like the main threat yet. I, I would I would do the Morlocks, but but you could do a series as well. But I, I'd say Hellfire Club would definitely be better than the Morlocks as a uh, as a series. So those would be my three. I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel, Sham, about the Morlocks one and two? Uh, if you give me three three X Men characters you would like to see as a uh, as as as, as a, people who got their own treatment for a TV multi multi series season series, what would what would you want to do? Um. So for the Morlocks, I mean, I, um, I mean, I could see it. I, I would, um, I mean, I, I mean, I could see it. I, I would need to, I think I, I would need to see like, you know, maybe not the pitch, but like the vision for that. Um, because the Morlocks, you know, while they are, you know, definitely like, you know, like they're not, you know, like they're not like part of the academy or you know Xavier or anything like. They're not part of the X Men. Um, they also have, at least in 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 my opinion, they're usually seen as sympathetic figures, you know, as opposed to like one hundred percent mustache twirly, like oh you're the bad guy, you're trying to, or have any kind of like evil plot. Their only evil plot is just wanting to be able to go to the surface or wanting to be left alone <laughs> at least from what i've seen so i would need to probably know what the pitch is in terms of them being like the villain um and, and trying to make it so that or i don't know maybe this is a maybe this is the whole point but but try to make it so that the x-men also aren't seen as a villain because the x-men usually aren't going after the morlocks unless there's like unless they they have something unless they're holding someone hostage you know there's something going on um so, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I, but I think it's, I think it's more of a stretch than like your other, any, you know, most of the other X-Men villains that we've seen. Um, but for me, in terms of like the characters I would want to see now, this may be, I would, I wouldn't even know if I call it cheating, but it's a little kind of, we've seen it before a little bit, but I was going to say like a young professor X and, like kind of in the vein of Legion, but not like as crazy, you know. Um, like seeing him develop his powers and realize what he can do and things like that. Something along those lines would be really cool. Even though I know we've seen a young Professor X with McAvoy, but this just in terms of like like just Xavier and just you know like pre X Men Xavier. Um, 
like like just that like I think that would be really cool and even the even the stuff we saw in um first class with 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 Xavier and stuff I thought all that stuff was great so I'd love to see that in the series um I think Storm is someone else that could also we could also see get a series um you know I think her story is very interesting um you know and uh, in terms of a third person, um, yeah, third is tough. Uh, probably, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't say the Morlocks. Maybe, like, um, either the Brotherhood as a whole. Because, I mean, the Brotherhood, um, I, I think the, I think the Brotherhood is, is a good kind of, they're a good villain group, but I feel like they they always there's always so much potential they can always be expanded upon so much. So either the Brotherhood as a whole or like a like a group of them or something, uh, something like that. I think would be cool. Yeah, I think I think it's I think this is way more interesting to do it excluding Wolverine. So I'm also going to exclude Wolverine in this conversation. So um, I think Storm is probably the number one pick I would have. So I think we were all kind of mostly in agreement there that she'd be top two probably in terms of just. You could take it to a different environment. You could take her to Cairo. You could take her to Kenya, wherever you want to start it. Um, but if you take her to Egypt, put her against the Shadow King, I feel like Legion kind of gave you the blueprint for how to make this very cool with the Shadow King. Like the, you could kill that. That would be awesome. So that'd be my my first uh, my first pick. I I'd want to get a younger character in there, but not necessarily. I know Shamari's going younger, but like taking Professor X and kind of making him from older person showing his past i want to get someone who can kind of get me into the miss marvel bag so to speak so i was just about to say you want miss marvel season two? Oh <laughs> uh, well i think we do need i think we do need to continue to kind of uh, flush out like some of those i think what makes x-men great to me well i don't know what makes them great no i think it does make them great i think what makes them great is like the wide range and generations you have on this team like the one they start off as a young team like the original uh, six members, five or six, however long, how many are? They're all teenagers. Like you know, they're all young kids. Cyclops, Marvel Girl, who then became Jean Grey, obviously Beast, Iceman, Angel. Um, but then even up until today, like you have, you know, your your OGs, but then you you have your younger uh, X Men characters like Magic and um, and uh, the people, obviously, uh, you know that that they make up some of the other younger mutants. So I would want to get someone in there. So finding that guy is tough. I, our person, um, I'm gonna say my second pick will be Iceman. I think he looks. I think his look is cool. Um, I think that you could definitely have him on some fun adventures. Um, maybe you put him in New York City, and somehow he's kind of connecting with Spider-Man on some way. Uh, maybe that's just a one-off episode or whatever. But I think one-off episode where it's like a tie-in to the this the. Spidey and his amazing friends, or whatever. Right, yeah, exactly. Cool. Like, like, I think there's stuff there that you can do with Iceman, and that could be really neat. Um, obviously, in the newer versions of the books, uh, he's an LGBTQ character. You could add that in that. If you don't want to add that, that's fine, but I think that that could also increase the diversity. So he'd be my number two pick. And then number three, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path on this one, but I think Nightcrawler also will be the third, will be the third guy for me. Um, I think Nightcrawler, from an action standpoint, I think that could be super cool, and I think you can kind of combine. And also, similar to G, uh, to um, the Storm, take us away from you know 
America, take us to another country, take us to Germany. And what I like about if I did it this way is I think it would be very neat to then see Charles reaching out to these very three different people in all different corners of literally the globe, but coming to the same, you know, vision of what he wants and seeing kind of three totally different stories, totally different like people, a, totally different environments, but Charles being like the staple at the end where he's like him able to connect to all three, three of these people, seeing that as like your season finale, that can be extremely powerful. It, it, like Xavier should really almost feel like the like the Nick Fury of of the MC, MCU. One hundred percent. Like, where like where you have these moments where he's sort of bringing everybody together, and you know if they're smart, that's how they're approaching it. I, you know nowadays I don't know how they're approaching anything, so I, everything's up for grabs. But um, but yeah, Nightcrawler could be great. You know a lot of people have. You know, thrown out the idea that Timothy Chalamet should be playing him. I mean, you know, obviously it gets dangerous when you cast an A-lister to play a character that's not A-list, and then you run into a Jennifer Lawrence Mystique uh, scenario. But, um, but if, you, if you're giving Nightcrawler some show, like you Night, know, I feel like Nightcrawler is a he's a major expert. Like he may not be an A-list Marvel hero, but I mean, yeah, it's just like the idea that like. If you, if you cast somebody that that is is too big and then they become the feature character of the X Men, that that's where it becomes dangerous. But I see what you're saying. Like he he deserves, he could be in an X Men movie for sure and, and play a role and have a have a role and have a uh, you know storyline. But um, but that you just don't want him to become the Wolverine. You know, if you cast somebody that's like huge, huge. But uh, but yeah, no, night. Yeah, that, I mean, if you're you're telling me you cast somebody big big time to play Nightcrawler. In a Disney Plus series, like that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, and you know, obviously, you guys know I love Iceman. I mean, that, that an Iceman show would be great. Um, and like, I mean, you you could throw in, you could do Shadow Cat. You could do. Um, yes, yeah. Kitty was my was my other pick. I love the Gambit idea. I think that Gambit doing something on the Thieves Guild. Yeah, um, you could do something on Thieves Guild. You could do something on uh, him with the Marauders and. Perhaps that he becomes kind of a redemption story uh, as the as story moves forward. Like, uh, th- I mean, again, it's why we kind of talk about the X Men. We're going to talk about it in a second. And why it's so frustrating that we got nothing because there's, for, you know, people say, oh, Marvel's kind of lame because they run out of stories. It's like, well, look, they have a treasure trove literally just sitting there that is not being touched. Yeah. And, 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 Honestly, like we talk a lot about, because I, I, honestly, I think the best idea that isn't like, man, the best, but one of the best ideas that isn't a singular, you know, X Men character is, and you touched on it, EJ, is like maybe if you if, if there's a world where there is a main X Men team, maybe you do a a you know a show that connects to it where it's about students at the at, at the school, and you do sort of a mutant academy story or a mutant high kind of. Uh, series where it's sort of in that you know freaks and geeks, uh, Degrassi, Euphoria template where you're doing a show of these 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 X Men characters, and then you could pick five I mean, or six what, of them. I mean, that's what New Mutants should have been. That's what New Mutants should have been. Should have been. been a series, probably over a show, but over over a movie. Um, yeah, and, that's, that's New Mutants. I, I see what I still haven't seen, but that that I know. <laughs> That was kind of the excitement surrounding that was yeah. their ability to kind of show And watching that. and then like uh, just reading, you know, the initial Dawn of X comics from all the mutant stuff. Like I read those initial New Mutants 
books, and that was awesome because it was like you have like all this stuff happening for Koa. It's like all this high level stuff with like Manito and Charles Xavier basically kind of running the world essentially, and how everything's changed and all they're making all these big level decisions. So I'm reading like X Men and X Force, and those decisions are being made. Meanwhile, you got these kids that are also in Krakoa, like doing their own stuff and like also being affected by the stuff that like Charles is deciding. Like even seeing that was like really neat. So yeah, if they could bring that to the Marvel Universe, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, and imagine having episodes where you know you don't have every X Men showing up in every episode, but maybe you have you know every you know just like you know certain shows we've had an occasional Avengers show up. Like you have someone, you have Cyclops show up in an episode and you know help train or something like that or help teach these these right, kids. Exactly. Or you've got a storm, or you know Professor X probably have to be in it. But um, but yeah, I mean that that and that's the kind of show that could be. That could be a multi-season kind of thing. It doesn't have to be just one season. So, uh, and it allows you to use different X Men characters, different X Men villains, and you know, and not have to and, and expand the universe. You know, expand it in a way where it's like I don't have to just wait every three, four years to see the X Men show up. You know, I can get the main X Men team every two or three years, but in between, I've got other X-Men content going on. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this is the smart idea to do. To, to do, um, And it's a way where also if you don't want to have to use the A-listers on Disney+, Plus, but you have other characters you'd like to see explored, that, that's a, that's that's an easy way to do it. Because that's so, what we always talk about is that there's, there's too many X-Men characters to put in one movie. Like, you can't just... Yeah. like That's why Fox is, was such a mess, was... was they were flip flopping between movies. They're like, "Oh, this movie we want to put Shadowcat and Colossus as part of it, and this movie Iceman's a main character." And they, you know, now we're throwing Beast in here randomly, and it was all, it was all over the place. Whereas if you just can like separate some of these characters and have different projects where some some of these characters in different corners of the Marvel universe that these characters play a role, it makes a lot more sense. Well, one uh, Marvel director that wanted to play more in the sandbox and apparently was held back was Naya DaCosta. So, you know, they're they're able to now do the promo for the movie because, you know, the Marvels, of course, is the movie that she directed because of the strike being listed. So, first of all, shout out to um, the, the Actors Guild for getting that deal done. You know, very happy for them. Um, let's give them a round of applause, actually. I know, I'm not sure how much you guys got to talk about that, but uh, new deal for the uh, for the actors. So they're now not on strike. Of course, the writers got their deal um, you know, the month prior to that. So Naya DaCosta was on the red carpet of some place, and she was uh, asked about kind of the deal with uh, how, how they approached this um, Marvel's movie. And apparently, she wanted a lot more X-Men than we actually got. Uh- Oop, not not the right one. Okay, so Kevin and I, it's one of our fights. Uh, I really wanted, <laughs> I really was pushing so much X Men. He was like, we have to just be very calm about this and and be measured adults, um, which is why he's the boss. You know what I mean? He he, he knows better than I do, and I'm a big nerd who needs to be reined in. So, um, but there are a couple. Of course, we have a we have a mutant in the movie, so that's amazing. Um, and then I got you know maybe I got my little Easter eggs in as well. So. There she's saying that she, basically she had to be held back by Fike, who said we have to be, you know, essentially, what did she say, patient or, uh, you know, he said, yeah, yeah. 
You have to be adults about this. Right? Be, be calm, calm about, about this and be measured adults. Have to be adults. Now, this is, of course, not a classic quote. We don't know if that's actually what he told her. But that, right, I think she's being sarcastic, too. Right, exactly. Right. Like, that's right. that what the word she used. So, look, now, spoiler alert for those who did not watch the movie yet. We're going to get into spoilers from this movie. Um, by the way, if you have watched it or haven't watched it, also check out the preview, the re- recap that Kendall and Shamari had done. I know they did an outstanding job on uh, the recap that I wasn't able to be a part of. But I'm going to defend the guy. I'm going to defend Kevin Feige here. I'm going to defend him. And I know I, I've been with you guys almost step for step banging the drum on, like, why don't we have any X-Men characters? What are we doing? But we're clearly closest to getting whatever the X-Men thing we want to happen. We're the closest we've ever been. I know that maybe sounds cliche because, like, well, of course, we're close to yesterday. Uh, closest dating we were yesterday. But, like, legitimately, okay, we're now starting to see some steps. Like, we have a Deadpool movie of Wolverine. Wolverine is going to be featured very heavily in it. Um, we have this movie where we see at the end of the movie in the post-credit scene a Kelsey Grammer Beast show up. Um, we, of course, we have the Miss Marvel who is actually a mutant in this universe. So, we're getting closer. I don't know if it would have made a bunch of sense to decide that this was the movie, all the movies decide. Let's just throw in random X-Men just for the hell of it. Now, I'm not saying, not, I'm sure Nakaya, not, Naya had a real plan. I don't want to make it sound like it was so uh, you know, haphazard. But what I'm saying is I think Feige clearly does have a plan to make this thing come together. It's going to happen fairly soon, within the next three years. Does it make sense to blow that all on the Marvels? I think absolutely not. I don't know how that could be the. I don't know. How, I could not defend that. Um, just to say, we got a nice pop because I saw, you know, I don't know. I saw, you know, Colossus and Cannonball, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I, I don't know if I needed that. If I know that there's going to be the whole shebang coming very soon, and maybe I'm being naive to say that it's coming very soon, but the Secret Wars movie is happening in within three years. So I'm going to defend him. I'm gonna say that he was right to have her pull the reins we did get something it wasn't small it was a pretty big reveal with the kelsey grammar beast at the end of the movie so i'm gonna defend kevin Feige here and say that he's off but i know you guys are gonna rip me to shreds so uh let's get it going so shamwell what are your thoughts thoughts? yeah no she's she's completely right and and uh yeah no we should have i mean as usual in my opinion i mean kevin feige still holding back the x-men for for you know, in my opinion, no, really, kind of no good reason. And I think at this point, you know, it's like, okay, yes, we got Beast, so we got something. Um, now, I think, I think, probably where I differ from UEJ is that I don't see this as evidence that Kevin Feige has a plan. And I told Kendall this. I don't know if I actually told you this. I think he was forced to put Beast. I think this is a. I think. I think someone told him. Probably Bob. I guess who's his boss. Uh, told him Bob Iger. Uh, put an X Man in something. Um, this year, I, I think that's what he was told. Put an X Man in something. And of course, Nia DaCosta was banging the drum. But I think he and maybe who knows? Maybe she went over his head. I don't know. But I think. I think he told. He was told. To put an X Man in something because we haven't seen any. I haven't seen any um, indication except for this, you know, the Miss Marvel stuff that that they would want to do that. 
and and mm-hmm. beast in this is such an is it's not um like it's not like an oh yeah this is something that that I could definitely yeah. see. Let, let me and, and let me ask you this, EJ, and, and just to echo your point, Shamari, like, did that feel like a post credit scene and a cameo that they had been teasing and leading into yeah, at any point in that movie or at any point in the MCU? Going and period, like, I, I get the sense that that was a scene, whether or not it was Feige's idea or not, I don't know, but it feels like a scene that they added fairly late. Well, I know Iman Vellani said that. Yeah, she said something to the contrary. Yeah, she said that they kind of had it and they've been holding it. Excuse me. Um, so, so she said, so according to her, that would be false. That wasn't the case. I do agree on the surface. Watching the movie, That's how it looks. Seeing how it happened. It did feel random. Because, like, the bit, the, the, like, the, the, like, like the, the 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 scene that I would consider a post credit scene, the scene with uh, Kate Bishop that came comes before the credits. I feel like that. I mean, they 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 set it up in the the first scene that you know she's being talked to with Fury, you know, right. at, at her house, and she's I'm got the tablet and everything. That was that seemed like a post credit scene, but that that's yeah, like a weird yeah, way yeah. to end the movie. I, I told yeah, I told Shamari, and you know, that clearly was Marvel being like, look. We really need people to see this beast post credit scene, and too many people walk out after the first post credit scene. So, and don't stick for the second one. So, just move this one up to before the credits, and then show the post credit. And it's smart; you can't have people miss that because they know what the they know where they're at right now. But, um, but yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that uh, this one came in later in the picture than. Uh, than the other one, just because the story wasn't teasing, like, oh man, like I'm gonna have to make a sacrifice, and oh man, like, yeah, I mean, it was the thing with her mom, they were teasing that, I guess, so that would be the only caveat that you could throw out there is that, yeah, they were talking about Maria Rambeau throughout the movie, and then she shows up, but, um, but I do, th- I do think the, the Monica storyline, her story arc, her story arc ending there was very surprising because there was nothing there about again needing to make some kind of big sacrifice or that she was even on this kind of time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I see what you guys are saying. I think some of this. I mean, I'm be honest. Like, you know I mean, I know I didn't get to talk about the movie. Um, you know, I, I think some of this. I think it's a story that's extremely disjointed, and it's one of those stories that I think was almost more hell bent on making moments as opposed to making a cohesive story that actually made sense. It didn't mean that it wasn't entertaining or I didn't like a lot of parts of it. The cast was really, really good. And I think the cast carries it to probably it being not, like, terrible. Like, where it's watchable is fine. I had a good time watching it. The story, though, is almost incomprehensible. So I think to say, well, this other part was incomprehensible, well, I think it's two things. One, to say this other part was incomprehensible, and that therefore means that somehow either Feige was forced or whatever, I, I think it, the whole thing was kind of incomprehensible to me, so I don't know if that matters. But two, again, I'm talking about, A, the storyline, the storytelling for what Marvel wants to do with the X-Men, and then combining with this movie, for a story that already was very hard to follow. I don't know how, just throwing, again, throwing in random X-Men, that that makes that thing better, or what the major payoff of that is, other than, okay, cool, we got to see X-Men. Again, I thought getting Beast was enough. Watching that story, I'm trying to figure out, like, wh- how the hell 
what we're going to get X-Men for. Like, are there any scrolls that are X-Men that I can think of? Like, are there any Kree that are X-Men that I can think of? I'm like, I, I mean, what, are you going to get a Star Jammers? Like, who, 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 who's showing up? I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, the, the Shi'ar Empire? Like, who, those are the only things, that, those two are the only things I can think about that would make sense. But, but if you really yeah. have stories lined up with the Shi'ar Empire or the Star Jammers, why are you wasting it on a Marvel's movie? So, <laughs> and let me. So Empire, I mean, give me a break. So kind of what me? telling me about this, about some ideas he had, which I agree with. But, but you go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, because and in EJ, you know what it is. I mean, we've talked about this since Fox bought the X Men, or, or or Disney rather bought the X Men from Fox. Um, the character, the X Men character that you put in Captain Marvel two is Rogue, and well, well that I feel like. I feel like Nia DaCosta knows that. I feel like that was... I think that's the character she's talking about. You know, like, I'm throwing out what happened in this movie. Like, I think that this was, like, when she pitched them the movie. I think when she was writing scripts and she was making pitches, like... Or or even, like, if we're saying this, that maybe they told her later in the picture, like, yeah, you might be able to use X-Men character. She was like... Well, I mean, now can I get Rogue? You know, can I you know, find a way to squeeze Rogue into this thing? Because that would be that that would be great, and it would help you guys, and it would help me, it help my movie, help us all make money. And I think Feige told her, no, we're not we're not doing that right now. You know, it's not part of the plan. And I get what you're saying, EJ. One, I, I get your, your what you're saying in terms of you know, let's wait, let's see the picture uh, when it's fully complete, so to speak. I mean, I. Shamari knows I was banging that drum with Star Wars, you know, during the sequel trilogy. Um, after Episode Eight, you know, Shamari go on his rampage about Snoke and how are you going to kill off Snoke and this is terrible and what are we doing? And I was like, look, we got to see Episode Nine before I say J.J. Abrams or this one or that one's an idiot. And I, I, you know, after I saw Episode Nine, I was like, you know what? You're right. This was a mistake. They botched this. They botched that. Um, with with what we're seeing here, to me, I think, you know, again, I understand your sentiment that uh, we are going to get there. And I also understand your sentiment that Miss, that Captain Marvel or the Marvels, to, the Marvels isn't exactly the movie that you expect to be introducing a lot of X-Men characters. Same way Black Widow, when we thought Black Widow, you know, was supposed to be the first movie that we thought X-Men characters were feasible. That also didn't really feel like the best movie to start out with. A bunch of X-Men characters or even Eternals like he thought you know you'd rather start out with you know like I don't know a Captain America movie or like a you know somebody right. something something that's a little more like central you feel like to the larger MCU but um but it really that's 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 the only pro that was the biggest problem with it otherwise and honestly I don't care like I, I yes, it, it's awkward to, to just start throwing X Men characters in, in this movie, and I don't know if that's even my biggest problem. Like, yes, I understand in a vacuum if you've if like you've held off for this long, like you're not going to start putting X Men characters in this movie. But it's just a principal issue that they've been waiting for so long to put these X Men characters in here, and like we should have been had X Men characters, and this shouldn't be the first movie that we get X Men characters, but like. Once you do the beast thing, like yeah, you yeah, should have okay. thrown Rogue in this movie. Yeah, like okay. that would have made this movie way more popular. Would have made the movie way more exciting. Um, 
I don't know what they're doing. I don't know like what their plan is, and it may still be the issue that we've talked about where they they can only use the old characters. So that's why we get Kelsey Grammer. That's why we get. I was gonna say, you, I, you I, know, think that, I think that that thing, that theory is like is gaining weight every single time we get anything close to X Men. Because again, again, we get an X Men character and it's Kelsey Grammer. Like it's right. It's like did not have to be Kelsey Grammer. Like it could have been, you know, it could have been Michael Chiklis, and like it wouldn't have changed people's perception of that. Like they only brought in Kelsey Grammer. I mean, he was a great play, great casting, great idea for him playing uh, Beast in general. So it makes sense to bring him back anyway. But super random, you know, from that perspective. So yeah, yeah I, was gonna say, I mean, you, like Beast being is like. Like it's a stretch to find a way to force Beast into this movie. You know, there really isn't it. And and I agree with you, Kendall, on that. I I I it's comic books. You can find a way. They found a way to to way to shoehorn Beast somehow into this by throwing in another dimension. You could find a way to get an X Man in a comic book movie. Like you can find a way. Like like you said, Kendall, it's it's been too long. We should have been had the X Men. I feel like you can you can kind of pull like a oh how are you going to put the next man in this? It, you can, I feel like you could do that for any of these Marvel movies. Like, how are you going to put an X Force an X Man into this story? It's like you can find a way. It's a comic book movie. You can find a way to put an X. They're going to find a, they're going to find a way because we know the X Men yeah. are coming. So like just write something that is you know half half sort of kind of believable or. I got you. Or through it, make it a central part of the story. The X Men are more important than Captain Marvel. I'm sorry at this point, man. I'm more invested <laughs> in the X Men, Professor X, all of these characters than this sequel. This is one of the movies where I would give them a green a green light to say, "Oh no, Captain Marvel is taking a backseat to Professor X." Oh well, I mean, I want to see the X Men. So and, and I don't know. What to say. There's right. one there's one world where we say like yeah the Marvels isn't the right movie to to do this and blah 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 but there's also another world where you look at the box office for this movie that did numbers like Shazam Fury of the Gods and Blue Beetle and and you know whatever other crappy DC movie you can think about not to say Blue Beetle was crappy but it just didn't do good numbers obviously um but it like if you put in like x-men characters that you can sell you know during the movie and and not have it be like a post-credit scene that you can't actually show in 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 trailers but like just have the movie be rogue is a major part of it this movie would have done better i don't know if it would have made a billion dollars but it would have done better if people knew that this was going to be the introduction of the x-men yeah, they probably will flying around yeah. in the trailers or something, and <laughs> you know, or something like that. I'd be like, no, yeah, more. I think more people. I don't know exactly how many, but I think more people would have gone to see this movie. No, I get you guys. I think the thing for me, I think one of the major things that I think is the reason why I was willing to, I'm still willing to give uh, Feige some bail on this is if if De- I mean Deadpool is going to I think rip a lot of the covering off of whatever is going to be happening. Um, and even if it doesn't, it'll still it will give us everything we want in terms of X Men cameos and stuff. Like I just feel like it's that is that movie is so close to this movie. I don't know why. I, for me, like I don't know why you're deciding now is the movie. This is the time to do this when again what they're planning to do is so soon. If you tell me Deadpool three is four years from now or whatever, I probably say yeah, you know what? Who cares? Let's do it. Like I don't think they. We all agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
they've all they made massive mistakes in terms of how they've withheld the X Men. I think we all agree on that. I mean, anybody listened to this yeah. show for five seconds to get that point. Nobody right. agrees there. I don't think you say, "Well, let's fix that mistake by just doing this," because Nia wants to, even though we already have a plan to unwrap the covering of this thing in the next, in literally the next Marvel movie. There's not a yeah, Marvel yeah. movie until Deadpool three. So, so let, let me ask you. I don't really DJ understand Rogue. the point of that at that point. You've already the damage let, has been done. Let me ask you, EJ, real quick on Deadpool. What do you think that movie needs to do in terms of the X Men positioning the X Men in the MCU? What What would be a success for you that would justify them not blowing it up? Or is it just financial? Right. Is it just purely that movie just got that they're just doing this because that movie's gonna make a lot of money? Or is there like a narrative thing that 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 may happen in that movie? Like, do we essentially like? Do you think they need to introduce or tease at least the who, the X Men in the MCU, the six one six in that movie? Do you think that we need no. to? I don't think so. That movie doesn't even need to do that, and no. it probably won't in your mind. I, I think it's unlikely it does it. I don't think it has to. I think if we if we get to have first of all clear answers as to what is the deal with the lack of mutants in this world is it because they don't exist yet is it because we don't know whether they haven't happened yet like Deadpool can answer those questions very easily because he can break four walls and he can now know because he's going to cross dimensions so I think all we need to me is just answers as to what the deal is with the mutants which I think is from just the little TVs we keep hearing about this movie he's going to answer that and I think you just need to see a lot of mutants. I think that's it's really, they mean that simple. I like show me about Wolverine, have Saber to show up, you know, have him talk to some of these X Men from the from the from the old movies. Like maybe throw on some new X Men characters we haven't seen in these other movies, but have it from the old universes or different universes, whatever. Just just give us essentially some of like you know, kind of reminds me of Loki season one where you got like those like various different versions of Loki. Like, just give me that kind of stuff with, like, X-Men and other Marvel characters, and that's all I need for us to be like, okay, we're in this, we're in the end game now. We just got to get to the finish line. Interesting. I mean, I mean, that, I don't, that I don't know, cool. I don't know if that'd be a great success for other people. That would be what I would right. do. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, like, they're gonna they they're gonna be in pretty good shape in terms of like that movie's gonna do well. I, I'm very confident. Obviously, it's Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds, um, and I think visually, like we saw the, and I think that this ties into Deadpool, like this this post credit scene. But like uh, you know, we saw the way this looked, and you know, Beast looked great. And my theory on that movie is, I think that. They're using the old actors, but I don't think it's the same characters. If that makes sense, I, I think that these are going to be versions of Wolverine and Professor X and Beast and these other characters that we haven't seen yet. So they're going to look different. Costumes are going to be different. Oh, I, think that's why, I think that's why Beast was full CGI. I think that's why Wolverine's wearing the yellow suit. Yeah, that, yeah, that's my theory on that, which is cool. I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. As opposed to just doing like kind of the No Way Home where you're just pulling them out of their world. I think just giving us an original version is, is good. I The only thing I worry about that... Uh, before we move on, like the only thing I worry about that is, um, you know, I, are, are you a little worried that once you introduce Wolverine and he's wearing the yellow suit and you introduce Professor X and he's in the, the, the yellow floaty wheelchair, like, 
does that not take away from the actual X-Men that we're going to get in the MCU five years from now? You know, now what do you do when you do that? Yeah, I don't know, Shamar, you can answer that, but for me, I wouldn't, because I think that you can still give me those things in, in like, whatever the future is, and I'll still, I'll still love it, so. Because think about that moment that we got, <clears throat> Civil War, that Civil War trailer where we get the first look at the new Spider-Man, and he's got the Captain America shield, and he's got the new costume, we know what it looked like, and it looked like the retro I don't know if we can. I don't know if we're not getting that moment. We should have gotten that moment that moment five years ago, but we're not getting that moment now. If the way they're doing it, the way they're doing it with Deadpool, Sham. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. It's. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I've said this kind of ad nauseum. I, I. It's. I don't agree with how they're approaching this. Um, like you guys said, of course, as we've all said many times, they should have done the X Men already. You know, if they wanted to do this multiverse Deadpool thing, they should have done that already. Or, or, or we should know who, like, who our X Men are. But if they want to do this other thing, Hugh Jackman and everybody else, they they do that separately. But now it's going to be confusing, and it's just, I don't know. It's not. It's just not ideal, um, in my opinion. It'll still be fun, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. This isn't how I would have done it. But I mean, an X Men is an X Men. If this is what it takes to get X Men on screen in Marvel, I guess. I guess this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, and let's, let's uh, shift gears here before we get out of here. So, um, we've had plenty of various different rumors flying around. I think one of the ones that's been interesting has been the Anna Taylor Joy rumors and her connection to potentially the Fantastic Four movie. So. Um, there's been rumors that, that she indeed will be playing some sort of villain role. And there's been rumors that that villain role actually may end up being Silver Surfer. So you'll have allegedly Silver Surfer potentially in this movie. This was, a uh, uh, Jeff Snyder, uh, who, who's saying that, um, you can expect to see a female Silver Surfer in, uh, in the film. Uh, so of course, uh, Norm Rad has not been a woman in the least I can think of in any uh, Marvel comics, but this would be a different shift here, giving it to Anna Taylor Joy. Now I think it is interesting to combine that with some of the comments we've gotten on various things this week from uh, from Bob Iger, who spoke apparently a lot today or in recent things, just about kind of how he sees where. Um, the, the state of Disney is and uh, one of them being um, the importance of, of storytelling, not trying to kind of send messages in their movies. You know, just, there's uh, there is a perception, perhaps, that Disney has been uh, losing sight of trying to entertain first and instead provide positive messages for the world. And he basically said that. Uh, stories infused with positive messages can be great, but that it should be the primary job of these creators at Disney. I think a lot of that is more Disney, but some of that may be connected to Marvel as well with uh, some of the, I guess, initiatives we've seen to provide more diversity into uh, their movies. The other thing I thought I could say that though was, I guess, interesting is a, is a good word. I, I, it was interesting. It was about the sequels, you know, because um, Marvel is essentially a world of sequels, and I got to talk a little bit about that. And he said, I don't want to apologize for sequels. This was the deadline. We've made too many. That doesn't mean we're not going to continue to make them. We only greenlight a sequel if we think the story is worth telling. So uh, 
he he's, he's also mentioned how he thought the Marvels had very little supervision in part because of all the stuff with COVID and then some of the stuff of Marvel being kind of uh, not the, not being um, not not having the same kind of you know tight stuff in regard involved in kind of the oversight of it. So playing stuff from Iger on the Anna Taylor Joy stuff compared with combined with the message. Do you see any ties to that sham? I I don't like. I don't think that that is necessarily the same. Like saying you have a a female villain that's usually a male. I don't know if that really matters as much. But uh, do you see any possibility that that could be as a of, that could be of concern for Marvel to have someone like Anna Taylor, Taylor Joy playing Silver Surfer? Um. Uh, I don't. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I would have to. Um, I guess I'd have to see how it's executed. I suppose. I mean, it's to me, it's more of like a of like a trick with the. Uh, it kind of messes with your head a little bit if you're familiar with these characters. I, I ran into this um, in the opposite direction with a with a complete is completely unrelated i'll try not to go too off the rails mm-hmm. but with a show i'm watching on apple tv called foundation um which is very good by the way very good sci-fi show but the character in the show the main character is a woman in the show that's what i'm used to seeing she's great she does a good job and i want to get the book because i heard the book is really good by isaac asimov okay the same guy that wrote the irobot books and i start reading the book and it's a guy i'm like oh and it just, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't stick with it. It was just weird to me. Um, so I don't, but now that's a, I guess it's a separate example, but I just, I could see how it can mess with people in terms of, oh, well, I'm used to the Silver Surfer looking like this and being like this, and, <laughs> you know, and now it's like, it's, it's like it's flipped, you know, it's like flipped, flips the image almost. I mean, now the Silver Surfer isn't the most like, at least in 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 the last iteration of Silver Surfer we got in the movies, wasn't the most emo, emotive character. Didn't say much. Didn't really do too much. So I mean, I guess if, if it's that kind of Silver Surfer, it doesn't matter too much. But um, but I mean, I guess I could see it kind of messing with people uh, a little bit. Um, but I think in terms of of um, there being too many sequels, I think that's I think that is. Um, accurate. I mean, what? I mean, we're talking about like possibly like a what, like a Thor five coming up. I mean, how many Thor movies do we really need? Like, I don't know. No, I will say one thing about right. We are talking about Thor five, and there's been some rumors about who may be directing that. It won't. It doesn't sound like be Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi to me in recent comments, it doesn't sound like somebody who feels yeah, all very that. What you say? No, it's a very inflammatory comments. Yeah, sure. yeah, like it was on yeah. the docket. But I just want to say, man, like that—that was—that was, uh, was Courtney stuff from from YT. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. Like I, I think you know we could talk about our our, our um, frustration with Love and Thunder, but I, so many people loved Ragnarok. It, it felt like a little bit of a lashing out to me for him to go off the way he did. Um, you know, he gave us a really great movie. He gave us a, a fourth movie that just clearly was missing the mark on many levels and did not give us what we wanted and think then they kind of just be like well I actually don't really like Thor anyway and 
I only did this for the money. I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish there. Someone I think we all well we all respect. I think a lot. Of, I think Marvel fans still respect, despite the fact that how much you know, a lot of people didn't like Thor. I, I I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was strange. I, I didn't. I. It's very ugly. <laughs> it's a very ugly way to uh, to kind of characterize your relationship in public. And I know he. He's a comedian, you know, as well. Yeah. So you know, comedians tend to be very, uh, very blunt, like that. Yeah, very, very blunt, yeah. very just. Yeah. This is what it is. I'm just going to say what comes to my mind, and you know, I don't care. But um, you know, I think, I think, I think the, I think showing, I think there's, I think there is value in showing professionalism, even in, even if you're like kind of a big director or whatever. So. Yeah, I wasn't too big on that either. But yeah, I think I think um, I think Iger's comments on sequels. I, I'm with him on that. Um, in terms of the entertaining first comment that he made, um, I mean, I I guess I would want to drill down on what exactly he's referring to. But um, I mean, in in I mean, if we're talking factually. Or in terms of what I mean, it's his comp. It's kind of his company, I guess. I mean, they're at boards or whatever, but he can run it however he wants. He's the CEO. You know, if he wants their prior main priority to be to entertain, I mean, they're an entertainment company. Um, you know, and if and if he finds <laughs> that the way that they go about doing that isn't making them enough money, then yeah, maybe they should prioritize that. Though I would hope they're not. They don't sacrifice their morals as well, which he didn't say that, but. You know, that, of course, that's just something that you'll need to keep in mind. Um, but I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not taking his other his statement about entertaining. I mean, it's an entertainment company, so of course that should be kind of their main focus um, because that's that's their line of business. I yeah, for me, I mean, and again, I'm feel free to challenge me, Kendall or Sham. Like, where are these movies? And, that, and that's why you know I know people are tying to Marvel. I, I don't think he if he is talking about Marvel, I think he's really misinformed. Where are these Marvel movies and projects that we're talking about that are trying to send messages as opposed to entertaining? Like, could someone argue maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe? I can see that. I'm trying to find other ones. I'm really trying to think. I'm trying to even take EJ yeah. out and say, objectively, without being biased on the other side, where are these movies where messages are being told? Like, I don't... I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of these stories are just the stories. I mean, Miss Marvel as a TV show, yeah, there's like Muslim surveillance, but like that's that's, that's Marvel. part of the story. Like that's the yeah. canon. So like, like, are you supposed to take out the canon and just be like, oh, like everything that makes Miss yeah. Marvel, Marvel like just doesn't exist? Like I don't, I don't see where there was some obvious thing of like we're forget about being entertaining or telling a story that's cohesive. Let's just tell you. And a, a message, like all to me, like there really wasn't a message in Miss Marvel other than, uh, oh, she's a mutant and she now is a hero. Like, I, like I'm like I'm trying to find like these stories where there's a yeah, lot yeah. of entertainment and the, the only idea was a message. I don't I don't agree with that on the Marvel standpoint. Sure. Even if there are movies that had more women, more people of color, I don't think that means oh, object or, or automatically there's a message. So what message was in Black Panther? Right, right, Marvel? and that's the danger. That's the thing. I mean, it comes down to perspective that you're watching it from. And I mean, I I don't and I don't think any of us really watch it 
in any sort of political lens or watching it to to for for these sort of like you know all like, like what what are the themes and messaging that they're trying to get across you know like um are there people i mean look I, there there are definitely people out there that do watch it like that and like you said, they'll, they'll see Secret Invasion and be like, "Oh, they gave the 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 girl the mate all the powers and MCU and Secret Invasion is woke." And I didn't watch Secret Invasion and, and interpret it like that. I didn't I didn't like Secret Invasion, but I, that's right. Uh, that's not what I got from that. Um, well, I didn't think it was know, bad because they were trying to like I, the story wasn't it wasn't well written. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I, 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 that that didn't that wasn't what I mean. Yeah, did that decision derail like, the, the, the concept that the like, show? because you even included women or people of color or whatever that or that our main woman as a character, or whatever, like that. Therefore, the story is bad. It's like I, that nothing to do to watch the story. The story bad because it sucked. Right, right. They just did. Um, you know, like. There's, there's a again. There's just a segment of people that watch these things, and and they they'll feel like every single one of these things is quote unquote woke, whatever that means. So that that they'll they'll throw that out there, um, and like you said, I was I was gonna make the same point you you made where I was like you start to look at these movies and I don't really see where that's happened yet. Is there a is there a future where it gets worse? I mean, maybe. Um, I don't necessarily. I think that the Silver Surfer thing, if it's real, I don't know if it's real yet. Um, I think I totally buy that Galactus's Herald is going to be a female. I don't know if that Herald is going to be called the Silver Surfer, um, but we'll see. I think that there, that that may be a possibility as well, and that we get a separate Norn Rad character down the line. But um, I totally buy that because I, you know, there's been word that Sue Storm is going to be, uh, you know, the lead in this in this movie. Uh, and that she's going to be a central figure, and you know that's a common trope in Hollywood. That you know, if you're going to have a female lead, then you're going to have a female villain. Um, I don't think that that's necessary, but it, it certainly adds up. One plus one equals two on these right. two separate reports. Um, I don't know if either one of them is inherently woke, quote unquote. I mean, I think Sue Storm being the lead. Sure, some people are gonna look at it and be like, oh, they're they're boxing out Reed Richards, you know, and they're they're doing this so that they can continue the woke agenda of Disney. Uh I view it as look, they're they're trying to do something different than what the last two movies have done. Uh the last two iterations of Fantastic Four, the last three movies have done. And when you look at the last three it, uh, movies in the last two iterations of Fantastic Four uh, the only common denominator that exists is Sue Storm is mid in, in both versions. Um, I think most people liked Thing in at least the first one, and some people even maybe even liked the look in the second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone loves Johnny Storm in both movies, and Reed, I don't think is the issue in either one of those movies. So then you come to, well, Sue Storm is not great in the, the Jessica Alba's version, and she's not great in Kate Mara's version. Um. So, how do we how do we fix Sue Storm, who is obviously an important character to the to the MCU or to the to the Fantastic Four lore rather rather? Um. Well, if you if you put her in the forefront, because that, honestly, a lot of the issue has been like her character has had no character in both of those iterations. So she's had no, uh, she's had no story. So. Uh, you put her in the forefront and you kind of make her a central figure and kind of build everything around her. 
you may feel like those other characters, Johnny Storm is a money character. You should work all the time. Um, you know, Thing is a character that didn't work in the last one, but, you know, it's a character that I'm sure they feel like we can do Thing right, and he doesn't have to be, like, the centerpiece. And Reed, Reed is the one that, obviously, you'll have to now you have to do some legwork on how do you make Reed Reed without him being the central figure. Um, and that'll be interesting, and we'll see how that all plays out, uh, especially if it's Pedro Pascal. But, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that, that that's woke. So um, I don't want Silver Surfer to be female. Uh, you know, if that's the route they go, it's fine. Um, but it, my whole thing with a lot of these moves where it's like we make character, the race bending, the gender bending, um, you know, we talk about it all the time. I, you know, I've become more numb to it as we've gone on where I'm just like, look, I mean, you know, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much. But um, to me, especially it's especially if it's a character that I don't feel like I just I don't to put it bluntly. If it's a character I don't really care about, I'm not going to go crazy. You know, uh, I mean, Century, for example, uh, is rumored to be in the, the villain in Thunderbolts. It's going to be Steven Yen allegedly is going to be playing him. Uh, you know, he's not Asian in the comics, but it's Steven Yen and it's Sentry. I don't, I, like, I don't care. So that's, I think Steven Yen's a good, good, good actor. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll do a great job and it just doesn't bother me because it's Sentry, you know? Uh, but to me, like, Silver Surfer is probably toes the line of important, how important is Silver Surfer? Not necessarily the character that I was like, most excited about when they got the Fox characters, but definitely could have been interesting and definitely could be interesting going forward. Um, doesn't have to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be male, but I, I don't know. I just don't think it has to be female. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting, but you know, I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that the MTU is quote unquote too woke or that we've seen that yet. But also I'm looking at it from a different lens. There may be certain people that are like, Again, like you said, he did. I just saw the Marvels and saw three uh, female heroes, and was like, "This is definitely a woke movie." And I'm right. like, "All right." I'm like, yeah, I mean, and I was that, like, again, what, what did you see in the movie that was woke? They're fighting right. aliens who are trying to save their planet. Like, I don't. I, I'm like, it, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of obvious, you know, you know, disturbing things that come with the whole wokeness of Marvel. But Sham on the uh, Anna Taylor Joy aspect of it i mean any concern about that on that the choice uh for the first silver surfer uh i i mean it it can it can work um i i i mean i guess i I would probably put myself in the category of people that that would have liked to have just seen this the silver surfer um a silver surfer that's akin to what we got in the last version no need to kind of change the gender, change nothing. No need to really change much about it. Because yeah, we said that when when we said that when we said that since they bought Fox, that yeah. that was the one thing that they did not have to change at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely and and I actually rewatched his his scenes from the last Fantastic Four movie that he was in, and they were they still stand up today. It's, yeah, um, it's incredible. It's incredible. And he's the only good I thing about like, that movie. Yeah, yeah, literally. And it's it's it is. I think just changing. Uh, this isn't the character. I and I agree with Ken. I'm I'm ninety nine out of a hundred times 
not in favor of changing the race or gender of any of these characters. Um, I want to add. I don't know why we don't just add more people of color or people of different, yeah, like like Miles Morales, you know, gender identities right. or or you know or sexual orientation or whatever. Just add more characters to these movies. I don't know why we have to change the race and stuff. I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't like it. Usually, um, I think it's cheap and feels tokeny. Even as someone that cares about representation and diversity right. and these types of things, I want newer characters who have been made, by the way, and where we're not just we're just not seeing them. They're just not we're just not getting movies from these people. Uh, so so yeah, I think it's cheap. I think it's tokeny. I don't think it's actual representation that people of color and minorities want to see. Um, so no, I don't want a gender bent silver surfer or female silver surfer i don't think that's necessary and i think it i think it just is more likely to 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 throw people off in the theater be like what is a woman that did silver surfer okay i mean so let me see how it is just on the face of it i'm more inclined to want to be critical and be like okay how does this compare especially since the last one was so good it's like now you're gonna try to make it, oh well, this is the woman version, and see how it's different and all this kind of when there's no need to change it. So I think it's I th- I don't like it personally. Yeah. I don't like it. But so the 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 conversation real quick. I know we got to get out here in a yeah. little bit, but the conversation that I think is that and this kind of goes to the to, to to Iger's point that I actually agree with. If we're if we're saying that this is what he's talking about, is I think. If we're talking about how Marvel views these movies and the diversity aspect um, and how Disney views their movies in general, I would assume, is I think that there is a, a sort of quota. I don't know what the number is, but I just think that they that and I and honestly, I think it's for the most part, I think it's it's not a bad thing, but I think that they they feel like we have to have a certain amount of diversity in our movies. Um, it. It like we can't have a Fantastic Four movie with uh, four white with four white people, four white people as, as, the main, as the main characters, and a white villain and a white supporting cast. And my and yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that at this point. Like, I like the Avengers are all white. Like I mean, like so no. Well, let me say let me say that. Let me let me let right. me finish. I think like I agree that you can't have an all white movie. I, I don't think that that should happen. Not not in, not, not the Fantastic Four, but can you have an all white Fantastic Four? Absolutely. Right. Can you have an all white Fantastic Four and maybe a white villain also like Doctor Doom? Like I think you can. You know, but and you can add, you know, some diversity on the on the on the sides if that's what you want to do. But to me, I, the way they should view it is as a mar- as a larger Marvel universe, there should be diversity. But you shouldn't have to feel like, for example, I watched Black Panther. They're, like, I didn't need three, five, four or five different white characters or Hispanic characters or Asian characters showing up in Black Panther just because we got to check a box. Like... Right. It, you yeah, know, and, 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 for example, and, I understand Shang Chi's gonna be mostly Asian. I understand black black parents gonna be mostly black actors. Uh, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, and so, and look at a uh, Black Widow. 
Like there were like there were yeah, Black Widow should be mostly white. I understand you know, they, they gotta throw in the one guy Mason or whatever. You know, from the from the the one British dude, they gotta throw him in there. I'm fine with that, but I, like they didn't say, oh, we well, we got him, and they threw in the widows who were from other countries, and that was a nice exactly. way of yeah. adding in some diversity as well. But you know, they shouldn't feel like, well, we've got to, you know, we got to make you know so and so, you know, we got to change this character because it's not good for the for the portfolio. Just if it, I don't think Marvel's got a diversity problem, I, I don't think they do. Uh, you know, if they did, I'd have a bigger issue. I'd be like, look, I've seen too many. I don't, too many white heroes, too many, you know, male heroes. They gotta, they gotta start to, you know, branch out a little bit. But I don't think that's the problem. So th- when they feel like they have to continue to, to make these changes, I, I don't know if that, like the X Men. Yeah, I think they they should include some some diverse characters on the X Men. I think they will. Like we're gonna get Storm, and maybe we'll get Jubilee. They've got. They're, we're probably getting Miss Marvel. I mean, a character that I throw in there that's probably not going to be there, but I think would be cool would be Spike, you know, from X-Men Evolution, who, you know, is, is, is Storm's nephew. I think that there you can be creative without having to feel like we've got to, you know, we got to make, you know, Professor X black, you know, to, to, to check the box, you know. Thunderbolts, I, I think I Thunderbolts think is an issue. I told you guys before. I didn't like the cast. I thought, because that's a movie that didn't have to have... 90% white people and you know it's just because the, the concept isn't it, my thing is that movie didn't need to have not all the legacy villains like you could have created new characters like Suicide Squad did like you know right. the Suicide Squad didn't just take characters we've already seen in the DCU they created new characters so um that's my tangent again you know I, that's a, that's that that's the uh where I feel like I agree with Iger is that you know, if if the MCU has a diversity problem, I'm t- totally fine with them saying, you know, this is where we can pick and choose, you know, changing a character's origin or background. But um, but for a select movie like Fantastic Four, where there are family, like, you, like Johnny and Sue are brother and sister. You know, Sue and Reed are, 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 are married and Sue and Ben are best friends. It's not incomprehensible. They're all white. You know, it's not like, oh, I, you know, I'm not looking at them saying, what is what's up with Disney that, you know, they made the Fantastic Four all white. What, what are they doing here? I, I don't I don't yeah, know if anybody like, will look at it like that. It feels like they there there's some kind of like imagined outreach that they think black people and other minorities will have. If we see like a white Fantastic Four on screen in 2024 or whatever, it's like black people will not be outraged by that. <laughs> like no, we will not. No. We will not be no. outraged. No black person I know is going to be outraged Not if they go on the theater and see four white people as a fam as a superhero family. The Incredibles are all white, right? They're all yeah. white. They're all yeah, white. Maybe. Not one black. Frozone is black. He's not a part of the family. Yeah, and black yeah, people love Frozone. Fine. <laughs> that's not unacceptable. That's not not checking enough whatever boxes they want to check. It's totally fine. So I. I so, like, I don't know. I think sometimes the changing of, of race and gender and stuff like that in these movies is, especially specifically these, these like, Marvel, like, Super, or, like, any of these other ones, it's like, it's just, I just don't think it's necessary. They can add other, I encourage them, honestly, to add other diverse cast members to these movies, but not changing, I never agree with that. I just don't think it's necessary. I don't, I don't, generally don't support it. And I hope they kind of move away from that. And, and also, let me wow. say real quick, like, 
No problem. Like if we're talking about, for example, Pedro Pascal playing Reed Richards, if you think that he's the best actor to play Reed Richards, and that's what you, that's what you want to do, and you're like, screw, just like Michael B. Jordan was excellent as Johnny Storm, right? And you're like, you know, I have no problem with that. I, you know, I'll see the movie and I'll see how it plays out. But when you know you got insiders like Jeff Snyder saying Kevin Feige was looking at the cast and was like, we 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 can't have four white people, so we got to find somebody. So we'll do Reed. And <laughs> right. That's when that's when you, you start to have a problem because I'm like I don't know if Pedro Pascal is the best actor to play with Reed Richards, and I don't know if Kevin Feige thinks he's the best actor to play Reed Richards, but he's casting him allegedly because of some other stuff, and that's what. You know, Iger, if Iger saying stuff to that degree, I would understand it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been pretty consistent when we've done this topic. Like, I, I feel, to me, that if it's a character where their gender or race or orientation, for the most part, doesn't really matter to, like, what makes them their person, I don't really mind as much if you're going to decide to do different actors or different races or genders to do whatever as long as a, and I don't even want to make that caveat that oh as long as they're the best person because like I, I think that that also is like kind of like there's issues with that it's like oh well you know you're only doing it because the guy's like no like sometimes the best person is black like sorry or woman or whatever you know what I'm saying so like but of course that caveat saying oh if they're the best person then whatever but like I don't, I don't have as much an issue with it I think I, my issue does become when it seems like you're kind of just searching for issues regardless of um, like kind of like, again, you're kind of searching for issues before they even happen or problems before they even happen. So again, if you're coming into a Fantastic Four movie saying, well, we got to make one of these people something that's not white. It's like, I mean, sure, I guess, but like, why don't you just, to me, what make more sense is you just would approach a casting and not hold yourself to only cast, you know, excuse me, auditioning white people. Now, maybe the issue that comes with this comes with is Marvel actually auditioning people because it doesn't sound like it. I think they're just recruiting who they want and then signing them. They need to do the James Gunn route, which is actually auditioning people and actually make them work for these freaking roles. But, like, that to me would be a better thing. Be like, hey, look, all these roles, like, we're not open. We're open season for all of them. So if you're a black dude, you want to play Johnny Storm, come on. you a Hispanic dude, you want to play Reed Richards, come on. Like, we're not closing ourselves off to anything and that way i think you do get in a situation where okay if you do end up with a cast that's diverse well guess what you you're more likely to have a cast that is truly the best class you could have came up with because you actually went through that work it wasn't again as shamari noted checking a box that's the to me always been the more logical approach to actually finding diversity is to just open yourself up to more options and you kind of almost already land on diversity in that like it, it comes easy because you're just you're seeing you're exposing yourself to more options as opposed to closing yourself off. If you say, well, we want to just pick the people we want, well, then that's when you get in trouble. Of like, you might pick people that might not actually uh, work or, or be the best fits. You know, I, I think with the the Silver Surfer angle, I I honestly think we're probably I think you guys and I think myself included. Though, I'm more fine with it. I think we're probably overrating how well known the Silver Surfer is. Like I, I think all Marvel fans know the Silver Surfer is. I don't know if all people who watch Marvel movies would know. I would think that percentage would be a lot lower than maybe you would you guys would think. So I think you can get away with doing a lot of things with the Silver Surfer. Um that would probably be fine. And I think making them a woman is probably it will anger the people, the sweaties as uh the late Schnepp would say. But like but I don't think anybody else would really care. The, the 
think if Sue Storm is gonna be more of a lead in this movie that because you don't want to ever fight him, man. I, I don't think that makes it like we, we gotta get off of that. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Like, yeah, I, I think that is a trope that we see. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, you know, and in some ways it works. Like it, when when you're saying like Cheetah, for example, in in, in Wonder Woman, that that that, that makes one hundred percent sense it's from right. the comics. When you start to say like, well, we got to make Taskmaster a female because it's a Black Widow movie, I'm like, that's stupid. Just yeah. make Taskmaster Taskmaster, yeah, and it can be great either way. And, you know, and just like the, we saw some of the backlash when I don't know if you guys probably remember when this when there were posters of like Mystique getting choked by uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah, people saying oh, supporting like violence against women. And that was a very, yeah, that was a very uh, weird time. I forgot about that. Apocalypse is the villain. I would, I mean, I, I'd rather you know crawl on nails than go back to that time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that was a weird time. Yeah. I have no, no comment. Um, <laughs> I have a comment. But, um, <laughs> Kamari's trying to get me fired. Nah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, no, but to, for me, like when you're talking about the the Silver Surfer thing, like that is a lot different than the you know best person for the job because like that is them inherently saying they're not just casting a wide net and saying right. male or female come, come cast yeah. come right. audition to to play silver surfer like, this is a decision that they're making from the jump that you know that they're making for whatever reason they're game planning this out you know from yeah, you know all these decisions, from the early, from the early all, stage right this is all reported but all these decisions are being made without Without the story being in being considered, it's like, well, yeah, exactly. make Sue the lead. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I have no issue with that. You can have a Sue Storm led story. That's great. My thing is, all right. Well, what's the story? Is the do you already know the story that involves Sue Storm being more of a lead than Reed Richards? Um, right, right. Or, or, or and... you're saying coming in, we're gonna make a story that Sue Storm led. It's like, okay, well, what is that? And then then you're saying because. This story that we don't know yet is going to be a stormless story. But now we got to make Silver Surfer a woman because of, again, some arbitrary thing about, like, we don't want to have Sue Storm fighting a man. But it's weird. You're fighting a Fantastic Four. She's, like, they're going to be fighting everybody. So, I like, it doesn't, I don't know what difference it makes. Right. It's not like you're fighting, it's not, it's not like the Black Widow, where it's, you know, your main character who's a, who's by themselves for the most part against a one I mean, we'll see Africa. how the third act plays out. You know, if the third act plays out where it's a one-on-one fight between Sue Storm and Silver Surfer. Right, but that's still, then, but like, but that's one act. Like, we're not talking about a whole movie right. where you know there's gonna be multiple interactions. Like that, that, that. Yeah. Like, and, and and I don't like the Black Widow. But that thing was stupid itself because we didn't, we did kind of technically didn't know it was a woman until the end of the movie. You know, quote unquote. Right, which is yeah, well, exactly. it, it kind of like defeats the purpose of everything we just saw of, of what you just did. It's like, well. We didn't know that till the end, so all that stuff he saw could have very well been a man. So, anyway, it's it's a it's a very I mean obviously we went long on it, so it's a very interesting kind of situation and an interesting topic in terms of how we they go they go about it. I think what I'm always fearful of and concerned about is again the this it, this assumption that because there's more diversity, therefore the stories are bad or there isn't a consideration for the stories, but I don't think that is true for the most part or, or even like connected. I think some of these things we're hearing about the fantastic four would be more of a concern to me. But again, what, what, what Iger is saying again, that again, I don't know if that means I, I think with old and maybe he's using bad words. I don't think anything we just talked about in terms of where we would 
uh, disagree with the 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 concept of like no oh like you just can't have four white fans have four men. I don't think any of that is about sending a message. Again, none of that to me says your movie is trying to send a message, not be entertaining. To me, it goes to what Shamari was saying more that you're trying to check a box, which is also screwed up. But it's a different thing. It has nothing to do with well, you're more concerned about sending a message than sending than telling a story. Like just because you had a again a black uh, Johnny Storm, like I don't like that wasn't the reason why that Fantastic Four movie 2015 was bad. Like it was. Yeah, I was I was gonna say those True. when you look at the history of those types of decisions, quote unquote. Um, it, it 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 feels like they were just getting the best actor in those situations. I mean, and maybe that maybe it was a twofold, and maybe it's like, and maybe there's just a lot of good actors of different races, which we know that that's the case. But, um, but you historically, they always work. I mean, Johnny Storm was great, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Zendaya has been great as MJ. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan was great as kingpin you know very rarely do they do these race swapping situations and i look at it and i'm like ah you know it, it hurt them it hurt the movie you know i just, just the, the actor didn't do a great job it's like why would they do that right you know so a lot of times they're not doing it and then bringing in a character or an actor that 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 can't play the role um but they've been very a lot of times it's been very carefully considered and very and handled very you know in ways that'll make it not you know less controversial than it than probably could be uh but if they get obviously if they get uh you know over the top with it it's gonna look you know it's gonna look like there's there's an intentional part of it so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward but it it, it hasn't been an issue up to this point boy. It has been so good to be back doing Hero Talk. I want to thank my guys, Mar and Kendall, for doing the show. I want to thank you guys for checking us out. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you can catch all of our episodes on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You got uh, New Generation Media, where you follow us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us individually on social media. You got me, EJ underscore Stewart, um, on uh, Twitter. Uh, Action EJ on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. You got Shamari on, uh, he's on Snapchat, Instagram 22. Kendall on Twitter, New Jet Ken. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Peace.